A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. So, um, welcome, and for anybody who's listening to us, today I'm speaking to Naylene, and Naylene uh, works for Michael Page Africa, but she is going to introduce herself, and the topic that we are going to be covering today is, have you ever thought about a career in recruitment? So Naylene is going to break it down for us, but before we get into it, Naylene, please introduce yourself. Bumi, thank you very much for having me today. Um, this is this is very interesting. I think this is going to be such an interesting topic. So I'm li- I'm very excited to see how this is going to unfold. But yes, my name is Aileen. Um, I work for Michael Page. I've been there for just about four years. Before joining Michael Page, I was in full on HR, um, so the entire end to end function. And um, I currently head up the Sub Saharan Africa business uh, for Michael Page as well as the procurement and supply chain business. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. So I always say I want to get to the basics. Tell me, what, what is recruitment? If somebody speaks about recruitment, what does that mean? Well, recruitment is very much um, not just finding a job for a candidate. <laughs> So that's the that's the general thing that, you know, we get a lot. Everyone says that, um, you know, when you ask people like what do recruitment people do, they say, well, they get jobs for people. But I think it's a little bit more than that. So we we really fulfill the entire 360 degree recruitment cycle, which entails everything from forming relationships, building relationships with clients, understanding and really getting into their organization, understanding therefore on operations, um, you know, understanding what they do as a business, partnering with that business to source talent in the market um, that will essentially contribute towards their overall strategic goals for their organization. So that is in a nutshell what recruitment is. It's not just, you know, getting a candidate and saying, hey, candidate, I've got a job for you, but it's really starting by firstly understanding, Mr. Client, do you have any needs, you know, how can we sort of assist you in terms of, um, you know, in, in terms of reaching your goals. So it's really business partnering with, um, with clients, with various okay. kind of companies. Yeah. So, so what would a day look like in a recruitment consultant space? I would be lying to you if I gave you a structure because no day is the same. <laughs> like, Literally no day is the same. Every single day there's just something new. Um, But I think to give you some sort of ballpark or just a general sort of overview, you know, um, a lot of our job entails, um, you know, sales. All right. So I think sales is like the vast majority of our job. Um, So so you'll have elements of research um, when you are, you know, researching, for example, candidates, researching clients, researching industries, getting to become a subject matter expert. Um, and then you'll have the, the sales element of it. So that's really, um, you know, the, the partnering now. So it's going out into the market, finding the companies, finding the clients, finding the need, and then um, and, and also then, you know, selling the roles to candidates as well. Um, so a typical day involves, you know, anything from business development through to sourcing of candidates, um, through to offer managements, which is not as easy as it may sound. Um, and, and yeah, pretty much the, the full cycle. Mm. Wow. From sales. But <laughs> now as you're breaking it down, it seems like there's a lot of skills that you need to have. And I have to say, we usually just, as you said earlier, we usually just say, oh, no, they just find jobs for people. And that's yeah. how blasé we are about, yeah. about the thing. Yeah. But now when you're, when you're breaking it down to 
There's a sales skill that you need to have. There's negotiation skill that you must have. There's business development. Like that's hectic when you mm. think about it. Yeah. There's also setting a strategy for your business, right? Because at the end of the day, we're, we're revenue driven, you know, um, we have to make a certain amount of, um, of revenue or generate a certain amount of revenue for your business to be profitable. So you've got to have that, that element as well in terms of having a strategy about how you're going to go and tackle the market, how you are going to position yourself as, you know, a top recruiter within your space as well. Um, and, and then going proving that you are that person. So, so yeah, there's, there's quite a lot that goes into, into um, you know, getting a candidate an offer, for example, or um, filling a position for an organization. Okay, but before we dig deeper into it, let, let's yeah. speak a, a little bit about you. So before okay. you got um, into recruitment or before you started working for Michael Page, mm. or, or what was your experience? Uh, where did you start and how did you get into it? Mm. Um, well, actually, funny enough is, I actually studied a, a BCom in economics and my idea was to go, you know, into sort of an analytical position um, or a consulting sort of role. And, um, you know, after varsity, it was a little bit hard to, to find or to secure a position. So I essentially, you know, got a contract position within the admin space of a business and then sort of realized that, you know, they didn't have much from an HR structure perspective. And, um, you know, studying a BCom HR is one of the, the, um, the modules that you also have. And I'm very much a people's person. So, um, you know, I was asked then by my then CEO to sort of just develop an HR strategy for his business. Um, and once I did that, I then, he then gave me the opportunity to just run with it. Um, and, and that's when I sort of started within the HR sphere, right? So, so really doing, you know, talent management, um, recruiting, training and development, reporting, all of that, skills development, everything. And um, I think after about four, four and a half years of doing that, I kind of realized that I'm not really into the reporting and the, you know, the, the, the back end, the back end admin sort of role. Um, because of my personality, I'm not really a computer person. Like I can't sit behind my desk and just type the whole day or just analyze reports or, or just read data. Like that's not me. Do research is not me. I am the type of person who wants to always be in the, like in, in people's faces, you know? And um, I then realized that there were two parts of HR that sort of offered me that opportunity. And that's either training and development or I go into recruitment. Um, and I was really looking for more of the training and development side because I, I also really like the education side of it um, until Michael Page then he had hunted me and said, hey, we've got this opportunity. And I promise you, they sold me over the phone in like literally 10 minutes. And I'm like, well, let's let's give this a go. <laughs> um, the only thing is that I never expected it to be a sales role, you know. Um, again, coming from internal HR, I am finding candidates. So that's where, you know, the, the whole theory about, you know, agencies just find candidates jobs. Um, from an internal HR perspective, I find a candidate and I bring them into my organization. That's what I thought recruitment was. And, um, and then, you know, sort of get the shock of your life that now you have to do business development. You have to call people you've never called in your life and, and tell them why they should use you. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty much how I got into um, recruitment from an agency perspective. Was it something I thought of? No, at all. Um, was it something I was actually exposed to? No. I never actually knew about the world of agency recruitment. I, it, it, it dawned on me when Michael Page actually reached out to me. Because wow. in my previous organization, we did all our recruitment internally. So, yeah. So, so if you break it down in, for somebody who doesn't know, so from an, for, if you're doing it internally and when you're mm -hmm. doing it from an agency space, what are the glaring differences? 
Mm. So from an internal perspective, um, there is no sales, right? So internally um, in HR, you are dealing with the different business unit heads, for example, and they are coming to you and basically saying, Nelene, listen, I have a, uh, a need. So for example, in a management consulting firm, um, I have a need for a senior associate partner uh, to join our business and head up this business unit. So please go and find that. So then the internal person will then put up an advert on all the job boards and um, essentially start the screening process, go through the interviewing process until they get to a point where they find a candidate. From an agency perspective now, it's finding the job on the job portal, for example, or the, 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 the relevant network that you have. And from there, now trying to secure the job first. So it's, um, you know, the business development side. So getting the client to um, essentially hand over the job to you and, and trust you to find the, the, the role for them. So it, it involves sales now. So it's pitching your business, pitching your, your, um, your value add to the business, you know, um, understanding the client's needs because now remember we deal with multiple companies and we have to understand multiple companies organizational structures their goals their objectives their operational um, requirements and so forth so from an agency perspective you're you're starting off with sales you're not just starting off with okay let me go into the market to find a candidate it's starting off let me go into the market and find the need then you are now moving, once you've got the need, you're now moving to then finding the candidate. So from an agency and an internal perspective, we meet at finding the candidate. That's where we meet. But before that, at an agency level, the first stage is actually finding um, the, 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 the need, essentially, the sale. Wow. So what, what are the daily challenges that you face? The biggest one, we deal with people. <laughs> people are so unpredictable they change their mind our commodity is people our commodity has emotions they one moment you know they feel like yes I'm right for the role the next they don't feel like they're right for the role or one moment a client is saying you know this is what we are looking for so some I always say that you know you get some clients who sort of um, have a little bit of a, a you know a niche um, requirement you know um, and, and sometimes it can be very hybrid. So it's like, you know, they want a, um, a big city on a township budget, you know, and um, it's <laughs> this is how I like to sort of um, describe it. So that can be a challenge, you know? finding the best and perfect candidate with a very tight budget. Um, you know, finding a, a, a skill set in the market that can be very rare or it's not very, um, you know, developed in South Africa, for example, in the South African context or even in the African context. Um, dealing with a candidate that one moment, you know, they are very excited for the role um, and then the next they decline your offer because they've got an account to offer. Um, you know, the rejections in the beginning as well, you know, some clients feel that, you know, they've got a strong enough internal recruitment company, uh, a recruitment team, sorry, or, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges. I think in recruitment, one thing that you really have to have is resilience because you will face a challenge every single day at every single point of this 360 degree cycle. Wow. But the learning seems like is is it's quite exciting because That's I think why, yeah. I, I, I think most people and, and I'm going to keep using your words, they don't yeah. think of they think of it as just recruiting people. Like yeah. what could be difficult with just recruiting people? And and where's the element, thought process behind it? Yeah, and, and that element that says you must get the client first. You yeah. need a particular company to choose your agency to use. And mm. that is that sales business development process that you're talking about. Mm. And then the move of then saying, okay, now we are giving you the roles that we have. Now you have to go out and find us the right people. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people don't see that there's any thought process behind this entire, you know, um, this, this entire mo model that we, we, we essentially focus on. So 
um, yeah, it's it's quite a it's it's quite challenging, but I think it also keeps us on our toes, and that's why we really like it. That's why we stay for long. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I think the skills that is like a relationship skill that you must have between yourself and, and your client. There's exactly. the negotiation skill that you need to have between you negotiating with the client and on the other side, you negotiating with the candidate. And, exactly. and the, the, the go in between is it becomes yeah. a very interesting um dilemma if you want to call and it that. managing expectations is another Thank one. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Wow. That one you have to really be a master of because um yeah, people change. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I can get that. And and the more I'm talking to you, the more it's actually I'm applying my mind to it. But what I what let's we've spoken about challenges, but what mm. keeps you going? What what's what are the exciting parts? You know what? It's it's a very rewarding business. It's a very rewarding career to be in. And when I say rewarding, I'm talking about it in, in, in you know, the holistic picture. So from a financial perspective, it's rewarding. From um, a job satisfaction perspective, it's also rewarding. I mean, the, the greater, the, how I always view things is that the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. So we're constantly being challenged and constantly being reward, rewarded. Um, I think what really keeps me is just my, re really honestly, is a passion for people and just changing lives and um, you know Michael Page one of the things that really resonated with me and took me into this role um, and and one of the things that made me buy into the organization is their passion for changing lives so I think you know that's that's really one of the things that really keep us going you will see some people will be frustrated in the morning but by the time you know they they they're able to make a match because remember we're matchmakers. That's what we do. We match a client with a, a candidate, and when you you make that match, there's some sort of satisfaction that you get from it. Like I got it right, and this candidate is perfect. You know, um, and and that's that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us um, really in the organization and doing what we're doing because we love what we do. Um, it's very rewarding. It, across all levels of, of you know, um, what a person requires, you know, but I get, but then again, you have to love it. It's either you love it or you hate it. If you hate it, let it go. If you love it, you will see the reward along the way, even with the challenges. Yeah. So, so what are the key performance indicators that you get judged on if you are a recruitment consultant? Mm. So um, I'll, I'll start from the sales part, right? We always, you obviously have to make a sale. In order to make a sale, you've got to pick up the phone. So our, one of our first, you know, KPIs is, is really around, um, you know, the phone time. It's around the business development calls that we make on a daily basis. Um, and then from, you know, translating that call into a actual meeting. So, you know, meeting with the clients that we um, and presenting our capability. Um, I want to stress out on one thing that people buy into people. So in as much as, you know, we're coming to you as Michael Page, at the end of the day, you are going to work with Michael Page because your engagement with Nailene was good because Nailene understood what you are, you're, you're speaking about and what you need. Um, so, so really having that faith, that interaction with your clients is going is very important. So we get judged on firstly the business development calls that we make. Um, secondly, then our um, interaction with clients, which is client meetings. And then after that, from that, you know, we, the, the idea is to um, secure a job. All right. So secure a vacancy that you can actively start working. So the next thing is how many jobs do you get on? And then from there, it's now moving into the candidate side where it's now um, meeting with candidates. All right. So um, one thing that I really love about, you know, our business is that we we're so centralized around our engagement. So the relationship element is very important. We meet with our clients. We meet with our candidates alike. So candidate meetings is another thing that we are um, target or um, that is, that's a key performance indicator for us. And then, um, you know, once we've done that, we then shortlist the candidates. So we go through a very long, lengthy, a lengthy long list 
We shortlist our candidates and those are the candidates that we send to the jobs, the vacancies. So um, the fifth indicator will then be around, um, you know, how many profiles we're able to um, match to the job. All right. Um, from there, we then the ultimate goal is to get the candidates and the clients to meet. Um, and that is through the interview process. So now we then get um, the sixth element is that we now need to have client interaction going. So client and candidate interaction going. So that's another element. Um, and then from there, we um, also look at from a revenue perspective as well. So now how many of these client interactions are you converting into actual offers um, is, is the next stage. So that's pretty much the cycle that we follow and, the, and what we are, I'd like to say sort of the building blocks to making a sale um, or the building blocks to, to really cl closing an offer, essentially. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and basically then as the recruitment consultant, do you get paid on um, commission of what you've closed or is the standard basic salary? How does it work? Yeah, so we've got a, we've actually got a, um, we've got a, our remuneration sort of structure is that we receive a basic salary inclusive of um, your, your benefits, medical aid, pension, and so forth. Um, and then we work on a quarterly bonus target, right? So pretty much um, what happens is in, in a lot of um, the agency environment is where you, you work on a commission basis and only when the client gets, when the client pays, um, and or if the client pays, if the client start, candidate starts and so forth. But how we sort of structure it is really around, um, you know, we give you a three month period to generate a certain amount of revenue. And according to your experience in the business, according to your level in the business, the target is different. OK, so you've got three months, you've got a period of three months to generate that revenue. Um, and then you get a percentage of that in a bonus payout um, of which will be paid out in the first um, uh, in the first month of this, the next quarter, essentially. Um, and, and what that does is, is it allows us to really focus on the quality side. Um, you know, we, we often find that, you know, because we're not stressed about making a certain target right now this month, we're able to focus on delivering quality. And I think that's that's really how it, it, it the, the thought process behind how we've structured our uh, remuneration and rewards. Oh, okay. And and what you're describing is not, it's not general practice within the recruitment um, space. No, so, so I've come across a lot of um, other different models which really involve around the monthly commission structures, um, Compared, I mean, there are a few or one or two, I think, um, other agencies that also do that in terms of the quarterly bonus structure. Um, but, you know, the vast majority in the sales environment as a whole. So I'm not just speaking about from a recruitment perspective, but in a sales environment as a whole, generally it's monthly, um, it's, it's monthly commission that you're earning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so if somebody wants to get, wants to be, to be in recruitment, what does the career path look like? Um, it, it does differ from company to company. So I'm going to specifically speak about Michael Page. Um, we've got very set and strict sort of, or clear rather, set and clear um, guidelines in terms of promotion criteria, in terms of what you have to achieve to move on to the next level. So um, generally we, we start off, we've got two levels that we start off in. So if you've got absolutely no experience, fresh out of university, for example, you would start off as an associate consultant level, um, and there, from there, be able to move to consultant, senior consultant, um, and then from there, managing consultant, manager, senior manager, and director. Um, but you can also choose to not manage people. So this is the path for managing people. The other path for not managing people would be um, associate consultant, consultant, senior consultant, and then you go to business manager level. Um, business manager, then you go to uh, senior business manager level, principal, um, and then senior principal. Um, and that's really where you take the key account manager route. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it does have an, a more of a sales alignment more than anything. Mm -hmm. 
It does. It really does. And that's what a lot of people don't know. <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, I think that's the fascinating part. That's, that's what a lot of people don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that's why we have these conversations for people to, for us to share the information and for people to get mm. to, to understand what, what the possibilities are. Yeah. So, so if you really want to make it, mm. be that person that becomes the top recruiter, mm. what do you need to do? You've got to know your market. Um, what I love about you know working in in in, in Michael Page is that we are very specialized in our role. So, um, for example, I joined Michael Page in the procurement and supply chain team, um, and as at uh, the towards the end of last year, took over the sub-Saharan Africa market, and. From the time I joined Michael Page up until even now, I speak and I breathe and I live and I eat procurement and supply chain. So if anyone is to come to me and ask me, how do we move this good from point A to point Z, I can tell you the entire value chain. I can tell you the entire process. So, you know, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, clients really appreciate because, you know, they, they, they come to Michael Page for a specific level of service. They come to us for a specific, um, you know, niche sort of recruitment need that they have, that they, they've exhausted their markets and they cannot find this, or it's a very specific role. And having that, um, you know, that, that, that sector understanding or that, um, you know, that subject matter expert sort of view um, really can position you to, to, to make it, you know, to, to be at the top of, way of, of your lead you know um so so the first thing is really just being a subject matter expert understanding your market understanding the key players um understanding you know the the, the candidate pool that's available within that space um and then second to that is just being passionate about what you do because you, you can be kicked down a lot hey um <laughs> and without the right passion without the right drive you know um you can easily fall off. So if you've got the, the right passion, if you've got the right drive, um, if you're very passionate about people, passionate about, um, you know, uh, the economy as a whole, because that's that's also something that we do. We, we, we contribute to the development of the economy through skills. And, um, you know, that's, that's just one thing that you have to really be passionate about. You've got to be passionate about, you know, finding gaps in the market and being able to fill those gaps and not giving up until that gap is being filled. And that's really what will put you at the top of your game. Um, we're, we're, it's a very competitive environment. So you've got to be, um, you know, extremely passionate. You've got to be competitive as well, but healthy competition though. Do you need to study something uh, particular? Um, is it a BCom or is it easy to also transition from one role to 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 be to get into recruitment? Maybe let's tackle this separately because these are two okay. separate questions. So the okay. one is: um, is there any specific qualifications that you need? No. Um, we have people coming from various backgrounds who are in recruitment. Um, a number of people actually had no idea about the recruitment side, but had sales experience, for example. Some people, for example, we've had, um, we have actually people who have come from the legal background. So admitted attorneys coming into recruitment and really making a success out of that, um, that environment. For example, our role is probably about 70% sales, 30% recruitment. I came from a complete recruitment HR function, no sales background, and learned the sales. So to, to sort of say that you have to have a specific uh, educational background, no, you don't. Um, you've got to have, I think that the beauty about having the educational background or the degree that you've come from is it gives you a certain level of, you know, commercial acumen, business acumen that you require coming into, um, you know, this role as well as a good, you know, met methodological approach um, when you're coming into this role. So having the background in education is good, um, but are we specific? No. Oh, okay. And, and basically what I'm gathering, because my second question, to you was 
what are those skills that, and are there people that move out of certain other careers mo moving mm -hmm. into recruitment? And what do you need to consider in, in that space? I mean, we've had lawyer, we have lawyers, we've got engineers, um, people from the sales industries as well, from different sales industries, so not specific to recruitment. Um, we have had geologists, um, forensic scientists. We actually have a forensic scientist who came in into our environment completely different, but is, is really thriving in the recruitment space. Um, again, you know, I think the biggest thing is having a passion for people, having the people skills, having the negotiation skills, um, being able to manage expectations, being able to sort of um, think outside the box. You know, the, I think these are the small, you know, the things that we really look for um, when, when, when considering people to join our business, being able to think outside the box. Um, people who, um, you know, are, are also business minded. So very entrepreneurial in their own respect, because when you join Michael Page, you're joining the business, but you are running your own business in um, under the umbrella of the Michael Page brand. So, so people who are quite entrepreneurial as well. Um, and, and, and again, every single person who has come from a different industry has brought a different perspective um, into our business that has really contributed to the success of our business. So, um, you know, the transition process, um, for some it's been harder than others. Than others, so I won't say that there's ever you know one one sort of transition um, model or uh, you know for some it's been it's taken longer um, for them to hit the ground running. For some, you know, it just came very naturally, quickly. Um, you know, we see for example with our lawyers, they 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 already have the negotiation skills unlocked. They've got the contract management skills. So when it comes to you know securing a client, securing deals, you know they they're top and they're on the ball and they're very quick to do that um you know and um i think for like for example the the lady who, who comes from a forensics background she's so analytical she can read between the lines you know she's able to sort of go into an organization and be like you know what um you know just reading between the lines of what you say and being able to then match that to a candidate so you know they've just brought different perspectives and um, we, we, we always work together, so we share a lot of insights about what's working for them and what's working for us and, um, and, and really just sort of blend it together and, and it works. Wow. I think, I think that's interesting because I meet a lot of people that also want to, to change careers, but where people get stuck, they get stuck on thinking they need to start from the bottom again. And build um, and build themselves up in a new in a new career. And every time when you say to them, "But what skills do you have?" Because some of those skills that you've acquired, let's say, in the past fifteen years, you mm. can literally transfer into the yeah. space that you want to go into. And and some people battle with that concept, mm. but that's the biggest concept when you when you want to change careers is. What are those transferable skills that you exactly. can then pull exactly. into your new career prospects? Exactly. No, that's very yeah. true. 100%. Yeah. No, anyway, Nailin, thank you very much. So if you had one or two things that you'd like somebody to take away from this conversation, what's that? Number one, we do more than just... <laughs> than just finding a job for a candidate. <laughs> um, I think that's the first thing, you know, there's, there's a lot to appreciate about recruitment that even before I, um, you know, didn't, even before I was exposed to it, I didn't know, I, I wasn't privy to this, this side of the world. So um, I think the first thing is, you know, there's a lot to appreciate about recruitment. Um, there's a lot that goes in than just finding a CV on peanuts and just, hoping and praying the client's going to take that person and offer them the job. You know, there's a lot of thought process that goes into it. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of um, negotiation back and forth with both candidates and clients that go into it. 
Um, the second thing I can say is that, you know, if, if for anyone who is actually looking or thinking about a career in recruitment, I think the first thing is just to um, really just look at yourself, as you were saying, that, you know, what are the transferable skills that you have? Um, and over and above that, what, are you passionate about people? Are you passionate about making a difference? Because that's really what we are. That's what drives us in this industry. And um, that's what keeps you going. That's what determines your your um, your tenure within the recruitment space, you know? Um, and it's fun. It's so much fun. I, mean, I can't tell you how much fun it is. Like, we wake up every morning thinking, huh, what challenge are we going to face today? And... <laughs> <laughs> and what what is it gonna bring? I promise you, um, it is fun. It's 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 a big networking opportunity. Like you know, I I got the privilege to meet you, for example, through recruitment, um, and um, you know, it's it's such a big networking opportunity. So if you're a people's person, I think it's worth considering. Okay, um, I want to put in a spot. And I'm going to put in a spot because okay. something just popped in my head. Okay. <laughs> and there, there, are, there are negative elements as well that people experience with dealing with recruiters, right? Yes. And those speak to, um, they, they never come back to me to tell me that I did not get the job, mm. right? Mm. Um, there's, there's conversations around, and this is my, personal pet peeve and hence yeah. hence because I'm speaking to you I'm thinking let me just ask yeah the question around why must you ask me for my payslip mm. right mm. um if I'm saying this is my rate and this is what I'm looking for you know what the 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 budget is from the client side so mm. why must I be giving in my my payslip to prove that I'm deserving of this salary. So yeah. those type of things, if you can answer me those things, that would be highly appreciated. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with, um, you know, the, the, the general one, which is that recruiters don't get back to us. HR never gets back to us. We never hear from them. Um, I really like this question because I've been challenged with it quite a lot. Um, and um, I, I, it, it, it's really forced me to think about it, okay? And um, I'm going to answer it from a perspective that um, I've been in three places, okay? And this is what I really like about, you know, where I have, how my career sort of fleshed out. Now, the first place is that I've been from an internal HR perspective, okay? So I understand the pressure. I understand, um, you know, the, the, the requirements. I understand, um, you know, the, the demand in from an internal HR perspective, okay? Then I've also been a candidate in the market, which is what some people don't, they can't wrap their head around the fact that a recruiter has also been in the market at some point in their life. So we also, we also, I also have that, um, you know, that understanding of what it's like to be a candidate in the market, okay, and, and not hearing back and not, um, you know, not um, hearing the feedback or getting the feedback that you want. Um, and the frustration actually around applying for so many roles and not hearing back at all, or, you know, and the pressure as well of, you know, I'm, I'm in the market, maybe I don't have a job at the moment, I don't have an income. That's another pressure from the candidate as well, that the candidate experiences. Um, and then I've also got the back now, the understanding of what it is now being the middleman between the internal and the, 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 the candidate and being the person in the middle here, um, who is the recruiter. So I'm going to answer it in, in three stages, if you don't mind, so that I can give um, candidates a little bit more of an understanding of what's happening in the other spaces. I'm not making excuses because sometimes the fault does lie on a recruiter, for example, or an HR person internally, or even the candidate. So the, the, the one, I think the, the key things around why, you know, candidates are not necessarily hearing back is, so if I speak from an agency perspective, we are probably working at least three to five to 10 jobs in a week, okay? Um, and we have, especially with MicroPage, you know, we're quite strict on 
um, screening every single application that comes through because you never know, um, you know, if your candidate or your placement is actually in those applications. So if we think about one job, for example, um, you know, prior to COVID, we'd probably get about 450 applications to one role. Um, post COVID, we get like 900 to 1,000 applications for one position. Okay. Um, for every 200 applications, there's probably between one and three profiles that are relevant wow. for the role. Mm -hmm. For every 200 applications, okay? Now, if we take that into perspective, that means that we have 197 people who are taking chances, who did not read the job spec. They didn't go into the extent of saying, okay, right. Um, and, and this is another thing from a candidate perspective. I don't think candidates are very strategic about their search for a role. They are looking for just a job where they can earn money. And it's not about how is this going to benefit my career? Because if it was more about how is this going to benefit my career? Is it aligned with where I want to go? Um, does the company match what I'm looking for? Does the role match my experience? we wouldn't have as many applications to go through, okay? So I think the first, one of the things is just, you know, if you take that into account, getting back to 450 odd people for one person is quite lengthy when you, in the start, um, didn't really take the time to go through the job spec, to go through the criteria that the, the client is required, is looking through, um, and you were sort of just hoping and praying that we would, we would call you. So that's one thing that adds to the frustration of the journey of the candidate, okay? Um, from a recruiter perspective, is it absolutely um, possible for us to get back to every single person? Unfortunately not, it's not realistic because we're working against timelines, we're working against deadlines. So chances are we are getting back to the people who meet the criteria, who have really gone through it and said, right, I am actually perfect because what is on my CV, what my experience is, matches exactly what they are looking for, okay? So chances are we are looking through that. Um, what we also do is we also sometimes get back to candidates who don't necessarily always meet the criteria 100%, but are 80% there, okay? Um, and we, we will get back to those people. Um, and then I think, I hope I've answered some part of it, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's one of the biggest frustrations from a candidate perspective. That's one of the biggest um, hindrances from a recruiter perspective in terms of getting feedback into every single candidate. From an internal perspective, it's not always the case, unfortunately, that your line manager that you are dealing with will give you extensive feedback on every single profile, um, you know, that, that, that you've, re you've screened, okay? Um, I think it's more important and more vital to give candidates feedback when they have had an engagement with the, the client. Um, so wherever possible, that's where it's like, it's super important to give constructive feedback, good or bad, about whether you've progressed or you haven't progressed. But from an applications perspective, you know, there's a lot of blockages and a lot of hindrances and a lot of things that, you know, that, that, that play come into play there. So my real advice to candidates is, number one, be a lot more strategic about the roles that you, you apply for, um, you know actually go through the job spec, the key selection criteria. It's there for a reason. It's there as a guideline um, as to what we are looking for and what we are going to contact you for if you have what we need, you know? Um, and, then, and then from a second point is also candidates network, network as much as possible. Um, you know, we, we've seen that um, sometimes just clicking apply is really hard. Um, so, so network, make use of your network, you know, I think a lot of opportunities, even from our perspective, have come through our network. So that would relieve you of the pressure and the stress of not hearing back and, you know, um, you know, not, not feeling like you're not getting the hit rates or, what, or whatever the case may be. Network, start speaking to people in the organization, get in touch with whoever you can, because that, that increases um, your rate of actually having a conversation and getting in front of the, um, the, the, the job or the person that you are looking at, at speaking to. Um, 
And then, and, and yeah, I think we, as, as a recruitment uh, industry, we definitely can do better in terms of getting back to candidates with feedback. Um, and I think, you know, the, realistically speaking, the priority should be on getting back to people who have had the engagements with clients, so, or, 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 or us ourselves, you know. Um, so I hope I've, I've sort of un helped you understand why, you know, we've got the big frustration or the bottleneck around why, um, you know, we're not getting feedback. Um, from a pace okay. of from a payslip perspective, that is a very tricky one. <laughs> um, it is a very, very tricky one. And unfortunately, the reality is that in South Africa, I mean, I deal with a number of um, different countries in Africa where it's not a requirement. They work on a trust basis, you know, um, if you say that you are on 500,000 cost to company and, um, you know, we're going to trust that that's what you're on. And um, if you say that we, I want 900,000 as a cost to company, we're just going to work on a trust basis. But, but, um, but Nailene, Nailene, what does it, what does it matter? So let's say you've got a budget of a role is your budget for the role is 800,000 or whatever the number is. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I've applied, you've interviewed me, I've gone through the process, you believe I can do the role. Yeah. Why does it matter whether I was earning 600K or 500K if, mm. if your range goes up to 900? Because then bottom line becomes, um, we believe you are this candidate and this is our offer. Our offer to mm. you is 800, right? Mm. Which is still within budget. The fact mm. that ours on 600 has got nothing to do with you, to be mm. honest. Yeah. You know what? I, I <laughs> that's why I say this is such a tricky one for me. This is this is really, really tricky. And and I guess also, you know, I I can't a hundred percent give you an answer that's gonna be like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. But I see some benefits in, in getting a payslip, right? And um, one of the benefits that I've seen is that often negotiation always starts at the beginning, regardless of how we feel about it and how we think, of, you know, what we think about it, often negotiation starts in the beginning. Um, unfortunately, we do not operate on a trust basis in South Africa. It's not a, I trust your word. And, you know, it's, it's really down to the book. It's down to the black and white. Um, and, and that's really how we operate here. So if I have a role and I'm, for example, um, you know, my client says to me, Nelly, in my job, this role is um, offering 2 million, for example. And uh, I approach this candidate, this candidate is fantastic. And we get to the end of the process, five interviews later, only to realize that this person is looking for 2.4 million. We've no, just no, wasted I, a whole I lot get of time. That. No, no, I get that, but I think, I think it's a matter of having the conversation initially where you're mm -hmm. saying, what are your ballpark numbers, right? Because yeah. there we, we, you get a sense of where I'm at. But mm -hmm. for me now to give you my payslip so that to prove that this is what I was earning, that's where mm -hmm. my issue comes in. Again, but yeah, black and white. Black and white. You know, I think this is where, you know, in, like we need like a head of HR to come in and explain it. And, and we need lawyers as well. We should actually do that. We should like get a whole panel and discuss this. I think that's I actually think quite should. interesting because I we can have it from an, in, an agency perspective. And then we can also have it from a client perspective, internal perspective and law perspective. And we can holistically break it down because I've had a number of candidates just say, Nelly, I don't understand why I have to give you my payslip. And for me, it's like I need to balance out what my client's you know, um, requirement or budget is versus what your expectation is. And I just have to be the middleman, unfortunately. Um, but this is what can, the clients... We can talk about it. I don't have yeah. to do anything. You know, I've had, I've had, no, I've had clients, multinationals who will tell you we're not making an offer unless we get a, a payslip. And that's wow. just the reality of it. 
we have to do a comparison and ensure that our payslip is, or our offer is, is market-related, for example. Um, we're giving a market-related increase. Um, we are giving market-related benefits. And um, I also think it's, you know, it's an insightful thing as well. Um, so, so, yeah, it's just the reality of it. And I honestly don't know how to answer it. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you for even engaging me on that. On that <laughs> no, I really think it's interesting. It's it's a it's a it's a you know it picks your brain a little bit. So I'd love to hear it from a legal perspective. Actually, I'm going to ask my colleagues and I'll see what they say. <laughs> okay, maybe then we can have a panel conversation around. We can do that. We definitely should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, thank you very much for taking the time and and for spending this time with me. And I highly appreciate if anybody wants to get hold of you, how do they get hold of you? Definitely through um, my email address. That would be the first preference. So it's my name, surname, without all one word, without a hyphen, no punctuation marks, at michaelpage.co.za. Um, if you're looking for a job, so remember, I'm very neat, or we're, we're split into disciplines. So I think if, we, if you're looking for a, a, a job, sorry, from a candidate perspective, best to look at our website, which is www.michaelpageafrica.com. We advertise all our positions or as much as um, the positions that we have on our website. So you've got access to, you know, or knowledge about what we have, uh, what we're working on at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, if you want, you can get um, hold of us through our landline, which is 011-303-8300 as well. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for spending the time with us. So for anybody that's hearing us, please follow us, like, and share. And I hope you really found this quite um, interesting. Thank you, yeah. Nelin, and thank you for Thank the you for me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. We should definitely do this again. Thanks. <laughs>